Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the advice podcast with Paul and Adrian that's number one with skydivers and all those currently about to be hit by a pile driver. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap No cap. All right, we started from here. What are we yeah. doing? What's up? I don't know, man. What's up with you? My empty background's even more empty than usual because uh, I'm starting to pack up for a move. Oh, wait. When do you actually move? Uh, This Saturday. Oh, wow. I know it's that close. I see Chekhov's uh, boxing tape behind you. No, I've already been that using been it. It's not, it's not there foreshadowing me masking taping something you can- later. Did you think that every Chekhov's gun is a brand new gun that's never been fired? <laughs> yeah, because sometimes it's like, oh, it's decorative. It's on a wall. That probably won't be fired mm. at the main character later. Mm-hmm. It's like a Tim Pool podcast decoration. There's also like a, the opposite of a Chekhov's gun in a book, right? There's the fuzzy dog trope. Is there something that you don't want dead? No, I don't really know what the fuzzy dog trope is about, but it's like... There's a detail added to a book, and then it ends up not delivering on anything else. It was just an extraneous uh, detail. I didn't know that it had a name. That's cool. Yeah. You see, this is what I don't like about TV tropes. It's like if one thing happens or the opposite happens, both things are a trope. It's like, too hard. How am I supposed to escape this? Uh, although, maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way to think that the point is that you're trying to escape tropes while writing media. No, I think the point is to have stuff in your movie or TV show that only just enough comes into the story <laughs> to not be a fuzzy dog, but not enough to be a Chekhov's gun. <laughs> okay, but is it an ex machina? Oh, a deus ex machina? Nah, I don't think so. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Because it only has medium impact, so I think it definitionally, definitionally it couldn't be. Oh, okay, that's good to know. So I think you're safe. Also, it didn't come yeah. into the story randomly because you did foreshadow it, so it's not a deus ex. Exactly. That's just good writing. I'm actually one of those Reddit guys who's really upset about the fact that they didn't ride the bir- birds to Mordor. That's my new personality mm. trait I'm adding. That's cool. Former gifted child, now really big into uh, story plot holes. Wait, have I ever claimed to be a former gifted child? No, I think I've just heard you complain about them. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, because some of us had to work our way up from being little dumbasses. <laughs> <laughs> And they want mm. sympathy for being gifted? Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I wasn't in Eagles. I had to live through that pain. You don't know what real pain is. Mm. That is true. You didn't get to leave class for like a whole day on Friday just to do fun gifted things. Yeah, I, I was in speech therapy for having a lisp. I only got to leave class to actually do other fun types of activities with the speech therapy Ooh, that teacher. does sound fun. Was that the kind of thing where you guys have like a pizza party at the end of the year? Yeah, we did actually have a specific party for the speech therapy kids. That's dope. I don't I don't think they serve pizza, but there was food. Mm. Peanut butter? I think that what? Peanut butter? <laughs> oh come on now. <laughs> Get <mad> now. <laughs> Peanut butter, jawbreakers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of sort. You could tell the teacher paid for it out of pocket because it was like Walmart snacks. Oh, uh, like okay. Well, that's still and, nice. And Starbursts and stuff, like little things and bowls. 
in some ways, I almost appreciate that more. Well, have you ever helped out a uh, a teacher that you know who uh, like asked for like beginning of the year funds or whatever? As in, like, as an adult or as a kid? Yeah, I did it for. So I did it for a friend once, and I was trying to do it as anonymously as possible, but you had to put an email down, and so she was like, UC Davis, there's only one person I know who's going to grad school at UC Davis <laughs> next year, so that kind of gave it away. Oh, it just I showed wasn't, her the I domain of the email? Yeah. That's funny. It anonymized No, it showed the her the one. email. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, also, like, your email has your done one of those fake first initial and last name in it. Yeah, just AR. Wait, I'm not going to give out my uh, email here. Okay, but it has a it large has a portion of your of name both. in it. it def- somebody could definitely, like, kind of backtrack You're right, that. Paul. I wasn't the Zodiac killer about it. <laughs> <laughs> I could have done more. All I'm saying is she didn't need to use the UC Davis part to backtrack who it was. You're making it sound like that was crucial information. I mean, it's, it's literally just four letters. And she did tell me yeah, it was the it Davis Yeah, but it was four thing. letters that, like, sound like your name. Yeah, I they guess sound so. like somebody saying your name really fast. That is what it's like. It's kind of like how if you can see Phil's buzz cut if you run by him really fast. <laughs> yeah, if you run by your email really fast, you're like, oh, that's just Adrian's full name. That's probably Adrian. <laughs> Hold up, we got a caller. Hello, caller, you're on the live on the radio. Please don't curse. Hello. Yeah. Am I the, am I the number ninth caller? Your sixty ninth caller. Hey, come on now, it's what I win now. Oh, he can't hear me. I can talk whatever shit I want. Paul is just now realizing that he, you can't hear anything he says about you. Good. It's probably not good stuff. Wait, so he can hear everything I say about him, though? Yeah. You got it, Yeah, I love that episode when he called Santa the you-know-what word. <laughs> hey, go back to it. I didn't say it. Go back and check. Well, Never happened. quiet right now. <laughs> um, we were calling you because we needed help with a multi for the intro, but Paul finally got it. Okay, yeah, let's hear the the multi that Paul got. No, I didn't try to what come up it? with a multi. I did Skydiver and, and all those currently being hit with a pile driver. Okay, so yeah, Paul said it was the best multi he's ever come up with or anyone ever's come up with. Skydiver and pile driver. Dude, that's still not... There's still like an extra syllable on that. Kind of like <laughs> pile driver? What are you talking about? You gotta go like, wait, wait, so wait. It's extreme sports... Okay, so pile driver and skydiver. No, no, no. What we wanted a yeah, multi for was extreme sports player. Um, if if Phil. Oh, what we wanted a multi for was extreme sports player. Extreme sports player. Oh, okay, yeah, that may be the closest one then. Pile driver. I mean, if y'all were doing office supplies, it could have been like typewriter and highlighter. Yeah, we could have done that. <laughs> that was the theme. If that was a different theme, and y'all wanted to have the same. Um. All right. Anyways, yeah, we we're calling. How is that a multi? What? Type and high are not because they're both I. They're both I syllables. Yeah, I syllables. But yeah, but when you say <laughs> Paul is currently rolling his eyes at the idea that typewriter and highlighter are multi. His eyes or his eyes. I'm just kidding, Paul. It sounded it sounded good. It was impressive. Mm. Oh, Phil, right, can so we go against the third article? No, we don't. <laughs> we only do two articles. Um, <laughs> can I can I ask you? a question i'm trying to get survey results i've already gotten one result in um which which do you think is worse is is having a beer rating app as a college student or being 28 and having a letterboxed oh the beer rating app oh damn all right one to one pierce said the uh, letterboxed all right yeah i always found the beer rating app kind of cringe or like when they check in at breweries you know damn all right yeah phil has spoken oh, on the real though thank you so much for the hat i think i'm gonna wear it tomorrow night in public for the first time i'm excited 
He's worried about it making it look like a thumb because it's the same color as his skin. That is also a worry that I have, but I love the hat so much, and so I'm going to do it. Yeah, it's more of a house hat that you keep up I in the house. I am going to a Spy Kids theme party, so maybe the thumb thing will actually work out. Oh, no, he wants to wear it. He's going out with it. Apparently, only my hats are house hats, so <laughs> he wears yours. The ones that I give him, he's just like, I'm going to either lose true. this in a movie I theater or I'm going to... I just put both yours in my house and put one of them in the garbage. All right, I'm going to end this call. We're going to get back to the episode. Ah, <laughs> See you later, Phil. All right. Um. Uh, okay. Yeah. Any uh, stories from this week or anything? Anything uh, crazy happened to you? No, I don't have any stories from this week. It's been pretty tame. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. I had like a vacation week that wasn't supposed to be a vacation week, but ended up being a vacation week, which are always the worst. If I had just said from the beginning of the week, I'm not going to do anything this week, it would have been a lot more fun than being like, I should get work done today. And then like six hours later, be like, eh, didn't really get much work done today. <laughs> What are we talking about? What are we doing? Uh, you know, roundup of the week. Uh, I watched season two of The Bear. Uh, I sent some text reviews like halfway through the season. Didn't love it, but it was still fun. Still better yeah, than most TV shows. Yeah, don't spoil it. I did two episodes, and I will say, I don't, I don't dislike it. It seems like I'm kind of where you are. Like, it's not as good as season one. It's got one Atlanta season three vibes. One of my big problems vibes. was the music choice in episode one very weak i was like i don't remember the first season having music choices that were like making me feel like what why would they this is totally just kind of wrong what are they putting here Mm. yeah i I just think that they did too much of the trying to do a like character study on each main character instead of having the characters interact and hang out together in the way that i liked season one and then also it takes them a long time to get back into the kitchen, so that's not a spoiler. But yeah, you wanted to see uh, them the other yell part. at each other a little bit more. You wanted to see, uh, yes, Chef! I just wanted to see them, yeah. Oh, and, uh, well, yeah, I'll, I'll be that guy who uh, says that episode six is, like, obviously, like, Emmy bait, and, like, I said in my review to you and Phil, I don't think a, a show that makes you feel tense or anxious is an inherently well-written or good show. I think that just means that they wrote the show and directed it in a way that makes you feel anxious. I don't oh, think that yeah. makes it the best piece of art. One of the things made. I noticed was, like, in episode one, they were just all, like, discussing what the new restaurant was going to be like, and they were doing, like, Safety Brothers-style mm-hmm. extreme face close-ups, and I was like, this makes sense for when they're cooking. They're just having a conversation in this scene. Like, you're making it tense yeah. just to make it tense. Like, they could just... Like, why are they choosing to have this conversation in such a high-stress way? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was a really odd no, choice. Yeah. When you get to the episode, you'll know it for sure. Um, it's kind of like when I was a, a big anti-proponent of that one BoJack Horseman silent episode where I was like, not having dialogue in an episode doesn't inherently make it an amazing piece of art, you guys. I think it's, it was an alright episode. There was something that I couldn't figure out, which was like, do you remember the scene from episode two where they find the uh, mold and Richie's trying mm-hmm. to lie about it? And as he's trying mm-hmm. to lie about it, the comedic beat of the like ceiling caving in and all the mm-hmm. molds falling on him. And then he's like, oh, I forget what he says, but it's like literally like he says a goofy one liner and then another thing falls to hit his head one last yeah, time. Yeah, he's like, are you done yet or something like that? Or yeah. Yeah. And it was like, okay, what, what, we're doing slapstick now in this show? What's <laughs> like, what, who, who punched up this script to write that joke into it? It just felt so out of place for the other, the, for the tone of the show overall that, that happened. Hey, come on. They're allowed to play around with the styles of humor that they use. Oh, also, if you're on episode three, I will say 
that is easily the most orgasmic episode in terms of like seeing food that looks amazing. So ooh, is that when they're testing out the menu, the new menu they're writing? Slightly different, but yeah, ooh. something like that. Cool. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. Do you want to get into the theme? Yeah. Uh, Strange our theme, which is cool dude shit. <laughs> and I, in that sports. sense, I, <laughs> I mean, dude, in a non-binary way. Adrian, are you secretly yeah. like a wingsuit glider? And you've never told me about that because that would really help us for talking about this theme off top. I mean, it's part of my mass crusader persona, but it's not like my main thing. Oh. It's just how I get around. Yeah. Oh, what's your main thing? You're like a tech guy, like you're really smart and you invent gadgets. That's your main thing as a mass crusader. It's like I'm like I'm like really muscular, but I also have a PhD in quantum physics. Iron Man? No. I think that's every superhero now. <laughs> that's one of my complaints about Marvel superheroes. I was talking to Phil, and I think, um, oh, Phil you know, I don't want to get straight in. in our life who seems most likely to be tempted into starting an extreme sport because he liked that sort of stuff in high school, like parkour. And yeah, so I would say yes and no, because we talked about this earlier. So like tight, not tight roping, uh, slacklining he used to do and parkour he used to do. He would never bungee jump. He would never skydive. He would never do anything involving heights. Gotcha. Um, uh, which is so interesting because slacklining, I feel like you you start by doing it low on the ground, but so that you can eventually do it high up to be like, look at me, I'm doing it crazy. Yeah, I think Phil's never done that before. He's only he's never done that transition. It's always been a foot off the ground in his backyard, or and the parkour he's done is like in a padded gym. Gotcha. Uh, he wasn't one of those dudes at like USC who was like actually trying to do like flips and shit on rooftops and whatever. Although extreme sports isn't always height based some of them are like underwater right or like snowboarding yep. and mountaineering sort of stuff i guess that sort of yeah. implies heights but not in the same way yeah that's why i also don't think i would fuck with it like he asked me if i would go bungee jumping and i was like you know no one's ever asked me so i've never really had to think about it if i actually just started to think about it i, I probably would not i don't i think it's too scary for me i think it's too scary i think it's too scary to me somebody has asked me my cousin asked me to go uh to go parachuting with him. And I was like, nah, not me. Parachuting. Ooh. I, I think the Is that the wrong closest... way to say it? Because now that you've said it, it sounds wrong. You don't go parachuting. You go skydiving. Yeah, you go skydiving. Oh, to go skydiving. Okay. I thought you meant something different. <laughs> um, I would do. So apparently this is the way you have to do it. So our friend Drake has uh, gone skydiving before. And the way that you have to do it your first time is that you do it. Um, Tandem. What is it? Tandem. That's the only way I would skydive. I would never trust myself to do the right things or whatever. I would do it with an experienced professional. But the weird story uh, about it is that Drake went skydiving. He was tandem with somebody on him. And there was another person skydiving next to them who was taking photographs. Uh, and apparently the guy who took his photograph like died like a week later skydiving. So, whoa. Um, yeah, I mean, that's part of the thrill of it, baby. Skydiving, I thought, was like relatively safe. Like most people don't really die doing it anymore but i guess it's safer than driving a car is like sometimes the thing that they'll do uh and we already talked about that on pod the episode of uh frank foster's home for imaginary friends where coco's afraid of flying and like someone tries to bring up that stat of like you know it's technically more dangerous to drive to the airport than it is to be in the plane and so she refuses to get on the bus <laughs> to go to the airport <laughs> after she's cured her fear of flying oh uh, that's what I don't know, that's, that makes me laugh. That's a good joke. That is. Now funny. that's well written. That, now that's well written. Oh, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, but wouldn't but, it have been uh, cool if Coco had a midlife crisis right after that and then sexually assaulted a younger bird? Oh, now that's good writing. That's good writing. Wouldn't it have been fun if, like, uh, a police officer was trying to find her because she was technically not allowed to be in society and he was asking questions that she was able to answer Coco correctly as the right answer? He was like, what's your favorite beverage? Coco. And he's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. It's a good one. <laughs> I think they do that with the chicken in that episode if you've seen it. Who's your favorite mid-century composer? Fuck. <laughs> He's like, all right. I'm more of a Mozart guy. <laughs> um, Yeah. Oh, hold on. I looked at the Wikipedia list of all the extreme sports. There's like extreme. Some of them are, you know, some of them are extreme sports because they're inherently extreme. Some of them is you just putting extreme in front of something else that's not extreme. So if you, there is extreme pogoing if you want to make pogoing extreme. <laughs> you know? I would do um, that. I would check out extreme pogoing. I was going to say, I couldn't even do regular pogo when I tried it with there, Ben There once. is a certain uh, subset of sport that's not really that extreme, but it's just niche enough that it's considered an extreme sport. You know what I or, mean? Or like, do you why? make it extreme, right? Like, I can't remember where I first heard about um, extreme ironing, but it's that thing where people just bring an ironing board and iron clothes in the most, like, extreme environments. Oh. Um, oh so it's, it's literally like, just putting extreme instead of in front of something else to make it extreme. Is it then like mountaineering is the extreme sport because you're ironing on top of Everest or whatever? Like it's like it's like, yeah, yeah, you do have to make it up there. Oh, but the point that I wanted to make at the beginning, not to disparage our, our subject for the day, but it seems like something that mostly rich old people who are bored do, which does well, relate to our Well, young people do it, right? There's like definitely like the 20 year old with like a thrill seeker sort of person who like yeah, lives yeah. out of their van and does extreme sports. Mm-hmm. I will say some bouldering, some free soloing. You know how we have stereotypes for like other sports, like when I, you say like football player or surfer or like uh, skateboarder or soccer yeah. player, like a certain surfers type of- always laugh as if they're like their mouth is like a tight butthole. Like, <laughs> or soccer player, you know, like you you get a stereotype in your head that goes with that sport. Extreme sports, I don't think it's like that. Like I don't have like oh, this is the type of person who. Who skydives? This is the type of person who does like deep water uh, really? diving I think old, or whatever. Old rich white guy. Yeah, I think it, old rich white guy having oh, a crisis. I, I was, it's either that or a specific type of young person who's like clearly mm. on steroids and a bit of a thrill seeker. But like, yeah, it's not distributed among the sports. It's like one type of guy who's looking for thrills, and it's like they'll pick yeah. one at random in all the wrong places. It's interesting to me that yours is so much older. I really do think it's like young people who. In my mind, like I, th- I know what you mean by the old person, mm. but I think that's less common than the young guy who's like living out the van and just like traveling across the country to do his crazy, like obscure sport. Yeah, maybe that's true. I don't have the numbers on these things. I don't have the numbers either, man. Talking preconceived notions over here. We're talking stereotypes. You're talking about our biases. Yeah, these things that we should probably be working to deconstruct because they're probably toxic. Although I will say that part of my bias for that person is that they do have a trust fund. They're just choosing to live rough for a couple of years uh, <laughs> before yeah, they yeah. go back to their like mommy and daddy and then become the rich old white man. Mommy, daddy. Mommy, daddy. I've, I've been living the van lifestyle for four years. It was fun. Mommy, daddy, I want to get into dog fighting. Buy <laughs> me a dog to fight. <laughs> Now, Vander, you know that one must not dogfight. It is not acceptable in this timer culture. But, Daddy, if I can't hunt humans and I can't let dogs fight, what am I to do? <laughs> now, Brayden, we've talked about this. You have to go to a third world country if you want to do stuff like that. But, Daddy, it's so hot there. I'll simply burn. 
I think I told you before that when my advisor talks about uh, privileged white people in academia, he always calls them Chad or Thad. <laughs> Chad is an, uh, Chad's definitely been redefined. He he, he might have freaking yeah. he might not be internet enough to realize that there's a different meaning for that he, one. He's he's an older fellow, at least older than us. There was one more. It was oh. Chad, Thad, and uh, oh fuck, I can't remember. Oh my god, could you imagine if a conservative listened to this episode, how pissed they would be? They'd be like, these woke professors making fun of white people, white men behind their back. White men. Discriminating against white men. That is what academia is. It's all the minorities getting together behind their backs to be like, oh, don't these guys suck? <laughs> <laughs> um, What was I going to say? For Chad or Thad. Um... Oh, okay, hold on. I just brought up a list of extreme sports. Um, stop me when we get to one that you like. Bungee jumping, canyoning, cave diving, extreme pogo, extreme skiing, flow riding, free Wait, diving. flow riding? I, I, mm -hmm. <laughs> is that a sport all about going to Florida with flow rider? What, what? Come on now. It looks like a, um, it's something that you can like do on a cruise ship, it looks like. It looks like you're in like a apparatus of water artificially moving, and then you kind of just surf on it. Oh, interesting. I okay. don't really get what's so extreme about it. I mean, it's um, kind of like what I was saying. It's, there's almost a section of uh, extreme sports that are just niche sports. Hang gliding, ice climbing, my favorite uh, twins on Smash Bros, the ice climbers. Mm -hmm. Iron Man inline skating iron man is that, is that extreme i guess because it's so hard this is technically under adventure sports which is separated from extreme sports but there's a lot of overlap yeah because the iron man races are like where you right you you swim bike and run yeah i think so no i'm thinking of a triathlon um, are iron man's similar i don't know i think so yeah yeah nothing that i've really gotten into too much i guess skateboarding i've tried there's a skateboarding like is not an extreme sport what that's in the x games when they're doing like 720s off of a half pipe oh uh, okay yeah that's true it was in the extremely goofy movie oh so you think roller skating is an extreme sport by that logic inline skating yeah that was on the yeah, was on the list okay so what what makes it more extreme when you take them out of a grid pattern and put them in line i don't get this i don't know is it harder or is it easier i really because i know. can't do the uh i can't do the four the square uh rollerblading Street luge. That one seems cool. Oh, have you seen that thing? I, this has to be an extreme sport. The the full body wheel suits where they have like wheels all over themselves and they like fly down like hills. Is this just the baby from Titan? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you, you like lay down, but then they can also stand up and kind of skate, but then they can also like get on their like forearms like they are just they transformers what are yeah, they they have like a full body suit with wheels attached all over and they just like do everything what would i google if i wanted to find this i don't know like full body suit wheel sport oh i see a roller man <laughs> is that what it's called roller manning yeah that's what i was talking uh, about that was the one youtube clip that uh seemed to actually show someone doing this yeah, and this guy has wheels all over his suit. Okay, I, I guess I can see what you're talking about. It doesn't seem like it's incredibly, uh, what's the word, common, but I guess that's part of it. Uh, did you want to get into any of the part of the uh, Wikipedia article on extreme sports about ableism? Uh, yeah. According to the scientific literature, or the uh, the literature on it, uh, extreme sports, ableist as fuck, in its conception and in its uh, execution. You know, what I find interesting about that, I'm sure it is, I believe it, but I also... 
my gut reaction was like, aren't extreme sports so distributed? Like there's no hierarchical structure that decides what is and isn't a concept of mm. extreme sporting that like couldn't is there really a gatekeeper making it ableist like couldn't if i saw somebody doing an extreme sport who was differently abled i would be mm-hmm. like oh yeah that's also another person doing extreme sport like who mm. who's the gatekeeper in this situation making it ableist the extreme sports federation oh okay that makes sense Mm-hmm. no yeah it's a good point i guess really the anarchists all along were just the extreme sports people i'm not really 100 percent sure if i track what you're saying but i agree because that sounded cool it's yeah they're the rad ones bro i'll tell you what all right you want to get into columns yeah let's do it i brought in dear caroline um okay dear caroline so washington post mm-hmm. i mean i do have to open with fuck those transphobes if they're gonna publish call and write i encourage nobody to go pay for them mm-hmm. but anyway dear caroline washington post hubby and i have been married for 18 years he loved his threatening sport well before me all the injuries he has endured because of this very dangerous sport have caught up to him his doctor told him he needs surgery on his spine and a small car crash could cause irreparable damage I accepted the danger before, but no longer embraced pushing him in a wheelchair. I feel like a hypocrite, because prior to the diagnosis, I felt like I accepted this behavior. Now I resent his participation, knowing that just the slightest error can change our lives forever. I find it is extremely selfish. Am I selfish for thinking this? I've asked him to stop the sport until we know more from the doctor. He refuses. We have two kids. I am the financial provider for the family and just feel his response and unwillingness is not fair. I'd appreciate an objective perspective. He loves his sport more than his family. Signed, Selfish. Damn, we have pretty similar columns. Oh, really? I didn't read yeah. yours. I think it'll be fine. Um, so she never names the sport? No. Who is she protecting? <laughs> She's not protecting anybody. She's worried that big BMX is going to come for her if she names the sport. Mm. Big oh, paintball is going to come for her. Is paintball considered an extreme sport? Big, big not airsoft. List. Not on the Wikipedia list. Um, we didn't talk about this before, and it almost made our third segment. But um, there used to be a lot of Disney Channel movies. I feel like more in the '90s that were focused around an extreme sport or like kids doing extreme sports. Maybe this was one of those kids who grew up. Things Nowadays, they're just uh princess protection programs it's like yeah but nowadays it's just movies about sport. booty shaking on the instagram have they made that is that a is that a decom now yeah yeah i think what i found interesting about this column and the reason i brought it in what type of injury can you sustain where you're still perfectly capable of doing your extreme sport but the doctor's like one other injury could cause you to be in a wheel like that doesn't make sense to me like where he is in his injury mm. progression that it's like like oh, what is I the surgery still, gonna do yeah like i could still skateboard but if i hit it the like isn't that always true that if you get in an accident you could be disabled mm. like i don't get where he is at any point you could be on a roller coaster fall off and break every bone in your body 
we're all one of those accidents away from you know having every bone in our body broken. How can he still participate in the sport, but it also yeah, I get is what you mean. dangerous? Like, the doctor's like, oh, you're but didn't, one thing didn't away. They, didn't the doctor specifically say you're one car crash away? So is he like a motorsport dude? Yeah. Oh, ooh. Maybe that is what he is. Maybe he's racing. Is this Dale Earnhardt Jr.? Or senior now. Small <laughs> car crash could cause irreparable... I just, I can't imagine how a doctor would, like, quantify that. Like, a small car crash could cause irreparable damage. You're fine now. You can still walk, do anything. Mm-hmm. But. If you can do a fender bender, you'll be fine. <laughs> anything more than that, you get T-boned. Your ass is getting T-boned. Yeah, I feel like, I, I, I just don't know how he made that medical assessment, to be honest with you. Uh, doctors are cranks. All of them. I mean, they did tell us that a vaccine would stop us from getting from getting a virus, Adrian. Come on now. I don't believe it for one second. <laughs> they x-rayed his spine and it's just like, maybe it is like something where most of the ligament is gone in some sort of like, mm. like, oh, you've worn away a lot of the tissue. So like, you're still fine now, but if you wear it away more, it could be bad. And we're going to do a surgery where we put some tissue in there. <laughs> Did they say he about? was doing a surgery? That's what he was saying. Is that, that That's the whole point is that she wanted him to wait and stop doing it until he got the surgery. I asked him to wait until we know more from the doctor. He refuses. Mm, okay. Okay. I do like that. The question also brings in the relationship dynamics of like, I mean, at least they're not relying on him. He's not the breadwinner. She is. So like, <laughs> if he dies, like, they're going to be okay. But I could see why she's like, also, I don't want the person I love to die. Yeah. It's ca- honestly, she- talking about being extreme sports, being ableist, this wife is ableist. She wants him not to be in a wheelchair. He doesn't need to walk to make money for the yeah. family. I do think it's really funny that he's, she's like, please, for the, for our kids, I love you, man. Just just be safe. And he's like, nah, I got to go do my YouTube videos of inline skating. I got to do those six about, flips. That's what I was asking is, is there anything in your life that you wouldn't give up if it could kill you? And not in like an alcohol kind of way, but like in like a more immediate way. Uh, podcasting, Adrian? He's going to get you killed? I'd podcast into my goddamn grave. Oh, I see, I see. Hmm. Could you imagine the doctor? You gotta stop podcasting, man. It's gonna get you killed. Nah, I know my takes are hot, and they're gonna come after me for <laughs> for what I said about BoJack Horseman. But let him. I'm gonna speak truth to power. Do you want to be a guest? <laughs> and he's like, oh my god, me <laughs> on a big old podcast <laughs> on a big city podcast, like big facts, no cap. Big city podcast. I'm not a very active person, so I don't think I really have anything that I would give up if uh, that I, uh, like this. It's hard for me to understand the psychology of it. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it's a pretty obvious give it up sort of thing. Yeah. Especially when you have kids. Does he want his kids to think that he's a little coward-ass bish pussy? <laughs> that is usually how children feel about their parents. <laughs> yeah. When they give up on their dreams. Daddy, why don't you swim with sharks anymore? It brought you so much joy. <laughs> that's a sport that's slowly wearing down his body. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that where it's not even that physically intensive. One quick shark accident and you're out of here for the rest of your life. <laughs> Alright, you want to hear the answer? Yeah, is that all you got to say? Oh yeah, oh, um, my advice for the wife. My advice for her is... Honestly, your husband sounds like a piece of shit. I don't know. Divorce him? Ooh. Dump him, honey. Dump him, honey. Mm. 
I would say invest the money in a virtual simulator of the thing that he loves. Oh yeah, if it's racing, they actually like agreed to give him a whole room for the most realistic racing simulator. Yeah. But don't make it too realistic because if there's too many hydraulics, then he gets in a racing simulator crash and the hydraulics like actually shove him. <laughs> racing simulator crash. And he still breaks and his back. And he's still in a wheelchair and you have to tell people that that's the way that he broke his back. That would be humiliating. It's not a simulator if it doesn't simulate the consequences. <laughs> there's like a potato gun with a steel rod in it. So if you crash, it shoots it through the monitor in front of you. <laughs> Um, that was from what I skimmed part of the, um, the literature's argument about why extreme sports are ableist is that the part of the thrill comes from the notion that there are consequences that essentially amount to being a disabled person. Um, and that's like escaping that is like part of the thrill of, uh, doing an extreme sport. Oh, interesting. You see, I th I thought the people who were doing it were too dumb to think about the in-between consequences and we were more thinking that they were escaping death. Not disability. Mm. No, yeah. I mean, they call them death-defying stunts, not disability-defying stunts. I'm sure you could interview a lot of these guys, and they'd probably be like, I'd rather die than like end up in a wheelchair and unable to do the thing that I like to do. Oh, uh, well, that does sound ableist. Yeah. For any of our fans who are really into extreme sports, Adrian still loves you. He's going to give you a little pop a kiss right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to offend anybody. We've definitely... We've heard from some people, some incredibly whiny, sensitive people, that they don't like it when we make fun of them. Uh, but from what I talked about with Phil earlier, we were very pressed to find anybody in our lives who does any kind of extreme sport regularly. Oh, I guess I forgot to bring this in. Two things. One, Phil did do parkour with uh, two brothers who were really good at it. And one of them did get sponsored by Red Bull. And like that's his job now, is professional parkour. <laughs> um, Dude... The energy drink market does make me all... Like, I do want to support Red Bull. They seem like the coolest company in the fucking world all the time. The, I don't know if they still <laughs> do it, but, dude, their hip-hop mixtape roundup every year used to be, like, some of the best hip-hop journalism I would read all year. Oh, damn. Okay, shout out to them. I was more of an Obama's playlist top guy. Oh. Okay, guy. <laughs> I was listening to Mitski because of him, um, whose father worked in the Obama administration, but, you know. Oh, really? How many famous Mecco, artists' dads worked at the Obama administration? Is it just Chance the Rapper and Bitsky, or is there more? <laughs> it goes all the way down, baby. <laughs> um, Alright, yeah, I'm ready to hear the answer. Ah, I was with you until that last sentence. You may be right, but it's rarely that simple. Millions of parents and partners and siblings and children are out there living millions of lives that involve risk for probably as many reasons as there are people making those choices. To imply they all prioritize these vocations or avocations over their loved ones isn't fair or realistic. You actually hint Wait, really? They're going that route? They're going risk assessment route? <laughs> They're going every day you get in a car, the Grenfell Tower fire wasn't that bad because every day you get in a car, you're mm -hmm. taking risk, Adrian. You actually hint at this twice yourself. You mentioned that his sport preceded you, and acknowledge you might be the selfish one here, which I disagree with, for what it's worth, but it does suggest you understand the sport is as much about who he is as what he does, and you knowingly signed on to that. Your concerns and resentment are still valid, though. His continuing this sport puts your financial security at risk, which gets at the core of who you are, and involves you agreeing to things you might reasonably not have foreseen. 
for example, that he'd refuse to take a serious diagnosis seriously. So you both owe each other ungrudging acknowledgement of each other's existential concerns. That, in turn, can clear the path to your productive options, such as they are at this point. While he figures out how not to lose himself as his physical options narrow, you can do the same. With the help of a financial planner, and if needed, an attorney, you are absolutely entitled to protect yourself from any of his elective disregard for his body and his family's well-being. As a husband and father, he obviously signed on to his share of that responsibility himself. But if he insists on shirking it, then you can't afford to be purist here. You have to do it yourself. Figure out what your new limits are given this new information. What care you are willing to provide him. Basically, if he continues against doctor's orders and harms himself, then state those limits to him clearly and why. Give him one more chance to protect his family from his choices. If he refuses again, then line up those appointments immediately to find out what your options are for protecting yourself from him. Hmm. Or you could just dump him, honey. Yeah, dump him, honey. That was a horrible I don't know, answer. Feel about that? I, I also yeah, couldn't I tell like if that. I was reading it badly or if the cadence of how it was written was awkward. Might have been a little bit mm-hmm. of both. But mm-hmm. why would she, like, she specifically stated that the finances aren't the issue here. Also, like, what sort of, like, what's that race from Star Wars that doesn't show emotion? Klingon? The Klingons. It's like, what sort of Klingon answer is that where she's like, you need to make an assessment about his worth value dollar-wise? And it's like, I don't. I think mm. she wants her husband around to raise her kids. I, I don't think the finances are the big problem yeah. here. Like, what, what are you on about, Caroline? I think Caroline? she explicitly stated it wasn't, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't like that answer. Yeah, I didn't like it either. Did, did we give a better answer? No. Absolutely not. All right, you want to get into your column? Yeah, let's do it. Um, Okay, so I brought in a very similar column, but maybe we'll have some different things to say about it. Um, This is from, I wanted to bring in something new. So this is Ask Dr. Sam from ilovetowatchyouplay.com. And no, 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 it's not a dirty website. It's all about sports. Um, And this one is specifically fear of injury. So I guess it's more about the abstract fear of injury than actual concrete. I have a... Stubborn husband who doesn't want to treat his injuries. Dear Dr. Sam, My daughter has been competing in gymnastics for five years. Recently, she moved up a level, and this required a more complex set of skills. The beam has always been her favorite event, but when practicing a new skill, she fell off the beam. She wasn't seriously injured, but she was shaken up a bit emotionally. She started coming up with reasons as to why she didn't want to go to gymnastics gymnastics practice, and when my husband and I started asking questions, it became apparent that she is too afraid to perform the new skill on the beam. I don't want to force her to go, but I also don't want to let her quit when something gets difficult. Do you have any advice? EF in Florida. I guess it's actually the opposite question. Wait, can you can you dive back to the beginning? What was, did she get injured or she fell off the beam? What was the inciting incident? She fell off while practicing a new skill. Did it mention how much she got hurt? She wasn't seriously injured. This one is tough. You have the question. You can be on your phone if you want to click on it. Oh, I forgot. Uh, This one is tough, right? Seems kind of traumatic to force somebody to do something that's scaring them, but I guess you don't want your kid to just... Yeah, they're doing classic parent thing. Yeah. Which, uh, I don't know. Sometimes forcing kids to do things, best way to get them to stop. Yeah, also, because she has a fear of it, it could be, like, actually deeply traumatic to force her to do it. 
Yeah. And think about if she got hurt again, she would never trust you. I don't know. Definitely don't force her. Um, but I guess you maybe- should get on the beam and show her how to do it. Ooh, and then embarrass her in front of her friends. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay, here's what you do. You invite all her friends over for a sleepover. You're like, we know you've been feeling bad, honey, since your big fall. So we're going to swallow you with the biggest slumber party the school's ever seen. All her friends come over. She live at a school? <laughs> <laughs> all her friends come over. And then you play the video of her falling. And then you and her dad, you walk around the ribbon group, go back, back, back. Scared a cat, won't get back up on the beam. Oh, I thought you were saying you edit it with, like, stuff over it where it just keeps replaying, but, like, different funny music and sounds happen each time. <laughs> oh, like a YouTube edit, like, where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, that's gotta wait. <laughs> so that's, back, back, so back. traumatize them in a different way? <laughs> ah, I mean. Um, I feel like, I don't know about you, but part of my, um, issue with this question is that I don't have a discrete knowledge of gymnastic events and I don't really have that much information on what happens on a beam. I don't know. I know you're more into gymnastics than I am. I think you said you like watching it a lot for the girls competitions. (laughs) Did I say that? Yeah. You said like specifically like the under 18 I, I don't remember saying that. I don't really remember feeling that, but I guess I have watched it a good bit. I don't know. Oh, no, I was just making a You're a Creeper joke. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let me think. The freestyle floor competitions, and I think, like, the rings and, like, the bar stuff is what mostly goes viral. I don't think I see a lot of beam work. I don't really know how dangerous or scary it is to do oh, that. Oh, the bar is different than the beam. I was imagining the bar is the one where Oh, no, like- I was thinking of, like, the, the bar where you swing. So like the oh yeah no the beam it's like right like they're putting their hand under their legs and doing like spins with their legs and stuff like one eighty spins. But they're doing spins on there. I thought they were just doing like really precise things on like a narrow platform. Is what I thought like the the gimmick was. Yeah, maybe they're doing cartwheels on the beam too. I thought it was like it was like a lot of like uh arm balances, and then you're like making your body do crazy stuff while your arms are like holding onto it. Like, mm-hmm. it's a lot of ab and core strength, sort of. Because mm-hmm. the photo they have on the article is, like, just some girl on, like, a narrow-looking platform doing a backflip. Uh, okay, so it's flips and stuff. I mean, I don't know, that does, like, isn't gymnastics, like, up, like, I guess gymnastics and cheerleading, they do injure a lot of girls. Like, it is legitimately a dangerous sport. Maybe she's making an accurate assessment. They, they of- injure, gymnastics injures more girls than John Mayer, I'll tell you what emotionally we're not accusing john bear of being abusive just to be clear <laughs> being physically abusive no 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 i don't know if she's been doing it for five years and she's been fine so apparently whatever this new step up she's doing is a little bit too much for her and hey maybe there's uh you know i don't want to be one of those new agey parents but maybe there's as much to be learned about knowing when you're out of your capability than there is to know that you don't have to quit everything once it gets hard yeah, she's been doing it for five years. I forgot that part. That's also like, she's not quitting. It's not like she's quitting as soon as she started. I think she's legitimately maybe making an assessment about this thing and her interest in continuing it. And maybe she actually is making an accurate assessment of how dangerous it is. I don't know. This yeah. really is more and more sounding to me like a situation of let your daughter, let her cook. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um. And she's been doing it for five years. She's at least five years old. I mean, you know, cut the umbilical cord already. Let her make her own decisions. (laughs) 
You know what? I just had a vision in my mind of a toddler with chubby legs doing gymnastics, and it's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my head. <laughs> Were you like just imagining yourself? Inclined. Are you just thinking of yourself as a toddler doing gymnastics? Because that would have been adorable. That would have been adorable. No, I was thinking about a white kid. I don't really think about people of color doing gymnastics. <laughs> and now I'm imagining you and Dorley doing like a tandem act in gymnastics, like where you're both rolling, mm. doing a cartwheel mm-hmm. together where you're holding each other's hands. And that's really cute. All right. Any other uh, answers or do you want to get into the answer? No, but I do have a question for you, Adrian. Yeah. Did your parents ever teach you and Dorley as like five and six year olds? She was a year old. Five and seven year old. Did they ever teach you to how to do a duet version of anything you can do? I can do better because if so, that would have been the best thing I'd ever seen in my life. I don't think my parents culturally know that song. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think that's the issue with that one. I think that would have been delightful. Yeah. Wait, your your dad knows Blondie, but he doesn't know anything anything you can do, I can do better. I don't think he knows anything that, like, kitschy, yeah. He doesn't know classic Americana? No. Who first sang that song? Is that a thing we know? Is that, like, a song with an Shirley Temple? I don't know. Like, some (laughs) kind of thing like that. Wait, the drink? Um... Could you imagine if my dad was really into that and, like, my dad spoke with a transatlantic accent? <laughs> if that's how he learned English? <laughs> Dude, you know what? Actually, I have that plan now. If I'm ever going to teach a foreigner how to speak English, I'm going to only let them watch transatlantic <laughs> accent movies. All right. I think I'm I'm good to hear the answer on this one. All right. Here we go. Dear EF. I am so sorry to hear about your daughter's experience. Fear, often referred to as mental blocks, are common after an injury or when an athlete is placed in a potentially dangerous situation. For that reason, many people have heard of this acronym for fear. Forget everything and run. So what can you do if your child is in this situation? Your first instinct was a good one. Have a conversation. What specifically are they afraid of? What do they fear will happen to them? What is the worst case scenario? Talking about naming the fear can take some of its power away. It's also helpful to recognize that we are fearful for a reason. Fear protects us from danger. That danger may be real or perceived, but it feels very real to the person experiencing it. Next, I would highly recommend Alan Goldberg's book, Sports Slump Busting, 10 Steps to Mental Toughness and Peak Performance. The fourth chapter in his book is devoted to this exact topic. In it, he suggests the following steps for defeating fear. Move toward the fear, break up the fear, reframe the fear, change the focus of concentration, challenge the fear's logic, and create distance from the fear. In this column, I don't have the space to delve into each of these. Plus, I really think you should read the book. So I will provide some key points from Dr. Goldberg, as well as some things that have been effective in my work with athletes. Much of the time, the fear is irrational or illogical. Having a conversation about it can often help. The question that I find effective is, what is your evidence for that? For example, your daughter might say, I'm afraid that if I do that skill, I will fall. And if I fall, I might break a bone. When asking her for her evidence, she might say that she's already fallen and sustained a minor injury. What if it's worse next time? However, she has already fallen, and she did not get a serious injury. She certainly didn't break any bones. In fact, I would argue that she has learned that she can fall and not get hurt. For this reason, Goldberg likes the acronym for fear, False Education That Appears Real. (laughs) I hope this is a running gag. (laughs) Another way to look at the fear is that it's an indication that you are in a new territory or out of your comfort zone. It's only natural to be nervous or afraid when you are in a new situation. It happens to all of us. Have your daughter think back to all the times she was nervous or fearful about a new situation. Perhaps it was the first day of school, taking a test, competing for the first time. How did those things turn out? 
And are they as scary today as they were the first time? It can also help to break the new skill into smaller pieces. Perhaps her coach could help with this. She could start with the first part of the skill and only move to the next part when she feels comfortable. Another way that gyms do this is to start with tape on a mat before proceeding to the beam. From there, maybe the next step would be to perform the sill, the skill, he just had a typo, to perform the skill on a low beam. As the beam moves up, it would also be helpful to have a foam pit, etc. In these types of situations, I also like to use imagery. The more she can see herself successfully performing the skill in her mind, the stronger the neural pathways in her mind become. I don't know if that's true. Um, what people will talk about- No, people say that, mind. right? I mean, I have no idea about psychology. It's basically a bunk science. And any study of the mind is basically bunk science. But don't people say that like watching something kind of is a version of practicing it? Like your brain can form the, that. Well, buddy, I'll tell you what, I'm pretty good at. What's the funniest thing to say <laughs> in that joke? I think we all know what you mean, you damn dirty dog. Watching that in a garden and learning how to cook because you love watching yeah. YouTube cooking videos. If that's true, then I fucking know how to make an amazing beef wellington. Ina Garden was the one to pick because also Hachi Chachi. Famously, she would have her spouse in the episodes. Your competition was right there. This is like uh, Frau Floyd all over again. <laughs> Very niche reference. It's probably more culturally ubiquitous ones you could choose. <laughs> um, when people talk about muscle memory, they're often referring to the neural pathways in the brain. She may need to chunk the skill down in her mind, as well as because it may be difficult to see herself completing the entire skill successfully. If this becomes too difficult, perhaps first watching a video of someone executing the skill will help her see it in her mind. I also have had some success in using imagery to go back and replay the initial fall. This time, though she changes the ending, she sees herself succeed. When using imagery, try to get her to use Okay, all that sounds so to bunk to, to me. <laughs> hey! Yeah. Hey, honey, just pretend that you did it right, dumbass. And use all of your senses, like smell victory, <laughs> hear victory. <laughs> um, Try to have her use all of her senses and try to have her get as relaxed as possible. Speaking of relaxation, some stress management techniques such as uh, diaphragmatic breathing or medication meditation can help with the fear as well. Lastly, I want to note that some injuries can be traumatic to athletes. There is some evidence that athletes who sustain injuries respond physiologically and emotionally similar to individuals involved in car accidents. Some of these individuals may go on to have trauma-related challenges. What I shared above is not intended to be used for athletes who have sustained physical or psychological trauma. In those cases, the fear should be addressed by a licensed clinician. I hope this has helped, and as always, please let me know how things go. From Dr. Sam Maniar. He is the founder and president of the Center for Peak Performance, LLC. And also the founder and head of the FEAR acronym, Center for Future Acronyms. Can you think of another acronym for FEAR? The FEAR Institute, Future Excellent Acronyms, <laughs> rarely. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, FEAR stands for Failing Every Aerial Recital. So she's never going to be able to do it because she's going to continue to fail. I didn't, I didn't yeah, invent my the word fear, fear acronym. All right, cool. Paul, do you have anything to say about that answer? Seemed like a seemed like one of those based off of one book. Yeah, I was going to say this guy seems like a uh, a little bit of a pseudo psychology guy, and I don't actually have the science in front of me to say he is or isn't. I have no clue, mm. but. There's something about a certain way people talk that you just get the sense of, like, they kind of just made this up in their head, right? Like, none of this is actually true. I don't know. He got it from a book. He took a look. It was in a book. You know, I was 
oh my god, I'm gonna say the douchiest sentence I've ever said. But I was actually hey, listening to the Daily with Michael Barbaro. Listening to the Daily with Michael Barbaro, and I there was like a episode they did on like how we've just been teaching kids to write wrong for like two decades now because one crank came up with a book that sold really well about like like apparently she did have like a really good theory for reading which is like reading isn't all about like uh um phonetics or phonics and uh sounding out things like hooked on phonics there's like more to it about like picking things uh contextually and finding things that they can understand and that can help them learn to read and it was like groundbreaking research and then the the same person was like yeah it probably works for writing too and we've just been like (laughs) completely Mm. like like apparently like half the children in new york can't read or write now because they've just been honing in on like yeah we don't have to teach them sounds of letters anymore they're just pictures and context should be enough Mm -hmm. it's just like i don't know that's how i feel about how this person is like oh yeah you could probably treat this with uh make her think about what if she uh succeeded yeah good enough uh, I don't know. Sometimes it seems like performance is so primal that maybe those like weird uh, mind things work, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I think of psychology as so crank based. Sometimes people want to believe. Yeah, I did an interview for Justin for his class where he was asking me about my thoughts on therapy and my preconceived notions about therapy. And uh, at one point, he asked me something about whether or not like I thought that therapy works equally well for people from marginalized communities, and I was like. Oh, I don't know, actually. Is it one of those things like psychology where all the studies are just done on like white college kids? And he was like, a little bit, yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, well. (laughs) Um, Okay, you want to do a third segi? So, our third segment today, uh, like I said before, um, oftentimes I think extreme sports are done by people with too much money and too much time on their hands. So we're going to be looking at the extreme sport hobbies of celebrities. Uh, so Paul and I are going to take this quiz together. Neither of us know the answers to the questions. Um, we're going to both guess. And if both of us get it wrong, nothing happens. If both of us get it right, then nothing happens. If one of us gets it right and the other one misses, then they have to take a shot because that makes this quiz taking extreme. Extreme. Oh, you know what we never talked about was, uh, well, I guess it's technically off topic, but do you remember how like every candy has an extreme version of it and usually it's just like super sour or whatever? Yeah. Extreme. (laughs) Extreme. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what we're doing here all right so let's when people see talk, when, when brands use the word extreme they really concentrate on the x i feel bad for the e there one of the most overlooked letters in a word ever it's like it's the first yeah. letter of extreme but nobody ever gives it the credit it deserves the way that this article is structured is that it has the list of celebrities and it has the answer as you go through the article so we need to do all of them first and then look through the article so i did already peek at the first one so you can have that one uh to yourself um, but Paul, do you want to do? Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. He scuba dives. Can I tell you what I would have guessed? Yeah, hunting man. <laughs> really? No, because he he loves the well. Actually, he loves the environment so much. That's his yeah. thing. Best thing he could do. Oh yeah, kill a man. You knock out their carbon footprint. Oh yeah, I'm gonna knock out everyone's carbon footprint. This ain't Ren, baby. <laughs> Oh, all right. The answer is wakeboarding. 
We feel that it's only right to start a list with this with a name that everyone will be able to instantly recognize. DiCaprio is one of the... Okay, this is just a thing of <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, yeah, he's a household name. Okay, this is just <laughs> this is just about Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, he's an amateur wakeboarder. Um, what is wakeboarding, you may ask? Apparently involves a lot of water and a lot of flying around on the coast of Spain. Oh, so it kind of looks a little bit like, you know, like those like jetpacks that people can use on like a, a, a body of water. Mm. It looks like that, but it's just like you're on a platform and it sprays water uh, oh. to lift you up. Interesting. I don't really know how you navigate. I guess maybe it's one of those things where you have to like push yourself forward and stuff like that. Okay. Paul, same one. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, okay. He's an everyman. He wants to be governor of Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. But he also kind of has like a, he, he wants to be a bit more horns. intellectual uh, sort of thing going on. Uh, Do we have to make our guests at the same time? Well, we can switch who guesses first so that the other person okay. can't just, uh... I'll guess first this time. I think it's something car-related. I'm gonna say, like, mm, I don't know. I'm gonna guess, like, uh, um, BMXing, like, some kind of, like, motorbike thing. Ooh, that makes sense for his, like, skinny, weird look. I'm gonna mm-hmm. say horseback riding. Okay. I think that's just a rich person. You think dressage? <laughs> you think Mitt Romney's on this list? <laughs> dressage is where you make the horse dance. Oh man. You know what? You're kind of closer than I was in a sense. Um surfing. Uh Matthew McConaughey oh, is that a does big also surfer. Make sense. Um ever since wait, hold on. Uh he first developed the passion uh while filming Surfer Dude back in two thousand eight. It would help to know people's catalogs. So this <laughs> game. Oh yeah, because like for what's his name for uh for, like, Adam Sandler, it's gonna definitely be a beach sport since all his movies take place in Hawaii on the beach. Mm-hmm. Now we're giving this one up to the ladies. Katy Perry. Oh. Okay. Religious. Uh, California girl, famously. Famously a California girl. Yeah, famously. I might, yeah, I, I, I might I might do, uh, not surfing, but, uh, but, uh, wakeboarding. Same thing as Leo? Um... I'm getting something water-based. I'm seeing that in She's the She's giving water-based extreme sport. She's giving water-based vibes. Because sure. you're imagining her in a bikini, you goddamn dirty dog. <laughs> <laughs> you damn dirty dog. Woof, woof. I'm going to say some kind of kayaking or canoeing, some kind of like rowing. No, that's not really ocean-y. That's yeah, more like I don't think, I don't think she's doing a team-based sport. I don't think she's like, heave! Oh. <laughs> oh. Um. Uh. Fuck. Uh, okay. Jet skiing. Oh, wait. Okay. I don't, I don't think so, but that would be interesting. Oh. Bungee jumping. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Katy Perry, let's see. Uh, That's something people do more than once. I thought that was, like, something you did once to see what it was like. I didn't when you're at the right amusement park or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, she's just trying to feel something, man. <laughs> she's supposed to feel something. Um... During her California Dreams tour, Katy Perry wanted to do something wild and exciting. What seemed more invigorating than leaping off of the Auckland Harbor Bridge in North Shore City, New Zealand. Um, oh, so has she only just done it once, but that counts? I think she does it often now. That's where like the love came from. Okay. And there's a picture of her doing the uh, rock and roll hands while jumping off of the bridge. Um, all right. Now we got... 
Woody Harrelson. I mean, is smoking that much dope a uh, extreme sport? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Okay, Cheech and Chong. Come on now. Oh, is it my turn to go first? Yeah. I don't think we're going to okay. be taking any shots by the end of this. Can I take the shot I poured? <laughs> like... Hold on. Let's do... Okay, we'll do one together. We'll do one together, brother. Every three we get wrong. I think we got to take a shot out of uh, Solidarity. All right, new... I don't want to be all Bill Maher, but new rule. <laughs> if we can't get one right. All right. Cheers, brother. Okay. Um, who are we on? Oh. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson seems like a land guy. Seems like a land boy. He might be a surfer, too. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. That, that <laughs> seems true. Skydiving. Sailing. Phil tried to say that that was an extreme sport earlier, too, because he gets afraid every time he does it with his dad. <laughs> but I didn't know I Phil and his dad fail. That's interesting. Ooh, I, you know, I didn't want to make fun of his dad. His dad is like a very like prime, like midlife crisis, like started doing like this kind of stuff, too, where I don't think sailing is an extreme sport, but that is a thing that he's getting big into now. And he tries to get Phil to come out and do it. And Phil's a good son. So he tries to participate, even though he hates it. Ooh, poly boy. Kiteboarding. Ooh. That's interesting. Yeah, so that's where you're surfboarding with the extra little wind attachment. Um, he looks good while doing it. Okay, they don't have to dive into everybody's like work of <laughs> body of work. You could just tell me why he likes this thing. I like it when an uh, article mentions somebody and then they do the blank actor, but they just mention their most mm-hmm. recent movies. Like, do I really mainly know Woody Harrelson from Triangle of Sadness, or do I know him from <laughs> who starred in the critically acclaimed first season of True Detective? Wait, but they did they or did they not mention that for Matthew McConaughey too? Because it, is it more important to Woody Harrelson than to Matthew McConaughey's career? Is that what they're saying? Dazed and confused <laughs> is what they said for Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> um, okay, so Woody Harrelson is a very good actor. That's just a standalone sentence. He really article. is. I mean, they hit the nail yeah, on the head great. right there. He was great in Will and Grace. Um, <laughs> let's see. Was Will and Grace also a spinoff of Cheers, or just no? Oh, okay, <laughs> he plays Grace's boyfriend for a while. Woody Harrelson loved to compete in amateur football games. And he's known to be a frequent runner and biker. Uh, however, one of Harrelson's most extreme interests is kiteboarding. He can sometimes be seen smiling and having a good old time off the coast of Maui. Woody Harrelson seems like just the sort of guy you'd want to hang out with, and hang out with is in bold. I don't know who wrote this article. I oh, because it, you hang off a kiteboard? You hang on to the kite? Alright, next person. Let's see. After Woody Harrelson is Kate Bosworth. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know who that is. I'll make sure to read her bio since we actually do need hers. Um, <laughs> Kate Bosworth. Are you looking up Kate Bosworth? Don't look up Kate Bosworth Extreme Sport. <laughs> um, she was in 21, one of my favorite movies. Hey, can you do something for, for me? me? Uh, yeah, I still don't know who this person is looking at an image of them. She was in, like, 2000s generic, like, action dramas. Mm. Okay, she must be in something crazy, because I don't think she's really at the same level as these other celebs, so she must be into a really crazy extreme sport to make the list. Let's get that process, yeah. If you're not, yeah, at the same level of fame. Uh, she was in a film called The Horse Whisperer, so, and, uh, so I'm gonna guess Ooh. that She's an extreme horse rider. Okay. Got to look up information about her. I don't get to do that. You can Google her, too. Feel free. I think she's extreme pogoist. 
And I don't need anything to try and guide me that way. <laughs> Kate Bosworth. Oh, you're right. She is just a skinny blonde woman. Uh, <laughs> what, did you think you were going to scroll down and it was going to be Lizzo? Like, how far <laughs> off did you think my assessment was going to be? I don't know. Uh, it Kate was going to be Aquafina. <laughs> You're going to be like, Paul, come on, man. Her, while doing a black set, it's like a gif of her. <laughs> um, horseback riding. Shot? Not extreme horseback riding. Shot, <laughs> just horseback. No, it just says horseback riding. <laughs> come on. <laughs> uh, all right. It feels like you got unfair amount of information on that. On I just that. got a list of her movies. It's going to say that she fell in love with it during that movie, and I, I think I established earlier that that is knowledge that is useful. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Actor and model Kate Bosworth may not seem like the type to enjoy extreme activities, but anyone who's willing to take a closer look beneath the veil of this wild card's public persona will find that she's definitely no stranger to some truly wild and exciting adventurers. Kate Bosworth is famous for her keen eye for fashion, as well as her commendable talent and skill behind the camera and on the runway. She's a woman of many talents and many interests, some far tamer than others. While filming 1998's Horse Whisperer, Kate developed a deep love for horseback riding. Since then, she's dabbled in other sports and other extreme activities. Blue Crush got her acquainted with surfing, and in 2008, her then-boyfriend jumped from a plane at about 15,000 feet. Feel proud of yourself, Paul? Yeah. I literally used the strategy you invented and got it right. I feel like I can only feel proud of myself. New rule. I don't want to get all, <laughs> I don't want to get all Bill Maher about this, but new rule. No more looking up actors if we don't know them. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Jackie is our next one. Really? Okay, you gotta go first on this one. And if, so, if you say cockfighting, I'm gonna cancel you. <laughs> I mean, everything he does is really extreme, so... Martial arts? If martial arts is his extreme sport, I'm gonna be straight pissed at this call. <laughs> <laughs> He's too rich to be into parkour. That's like a poor man's extreme sport, but it's, I, I could see him being into it. No, it feels too on the nose. I think people who are into parkour want to be Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan doesn't need to be into parkour. That's true. I was thinking about climbing or something like that. I'm going to say, I feel like the point of this article is trying not to be redundant at all. So I'm going to say paragliding. I'm going to say martial arts because sometimes these articles are that badly written where they're just trying to pad stuff out. So let's see if they just say that his martial arts interest. One more thing, Jackie! Jackie! Martial arts. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, that's so stupid. That's so stupid. <laughs> Can you believe that we actually put thought into that? <laughs> uh, One this more entry shot. Feels like we're One more shot. One this entry feels shot. like we're cheating a little bit. Everyone associates <laughs> Jackie Chan with martial arts. <laughs> Jackie Chan fully commits to his roles, which usually involves kicking, punching, and leaping. <laughs> of course, Jackie Chan's reputation can get the better of him. Like when a starstruck fan threw a punch at the actor, never once doubting that the martial arts mouse maestro would be able to dodge it. He didn't. <laughs> Alright, he's not a Houdini. Don't try and fucking punch him when you see him. Unless you're really angry about how he treats his son or whatever, I don't know. Or his, like, praise of the Chinese government, if you're if you're a liberal. Hey, well, enough? I, just do I also don't love the- No, you have to take a full shot. 
It's Paul loves the Chinese people. Actually, Paul ha- loves the Chinese government, hates the Chinese people. <laughs> <laughs> um, next person is Vince Vaughn. What is this schlubby ass white dude doing? Vince Vaughn. Oh, I I already have a guess. I think it's boxing. Every big guy like that who's like fat but wants to like do an endurance thing to lose weight gets into boxing. Mm. I kind of see him doing something where he can kind of just sit in a chair. So I'm going to say like motocross again. I'm going to reuse my motocross guess. Okay. All right. What if there's another Jackie Chan situation where Vince Vaughn's like very known for doing dodgeball extremely? <laughs> so we're supposed to know. <laughs> uh, Vince Vaughn, jujitsu. <sighs> That's so close to boxing. I think you should have to take a little sip. No, that is not close to boxing at all. It's a very defensive form of martial art. Okay, okay. I've said it multiple times before, but I love that episode of Bob's Burger where the one kid learns jiu-jitsu to defend himself against bullies, and so he gets on the ground, and he's like, climb upon me and find your death. Wait, I thought the joke <laughs> He's just that, doing his little grappling. I thought there was another Bob's Burger episode. the Capoeira episode. Yeah, I was like, wait, did they also make fun of Capoeira for being a bullshit yeah, yeah, yeah. martial art? <laughs> Brazil... <laughs> Dancing, fighting. How much? Brazil. How much can they mine that for comedy? What's the episode where they make fun it of the was Taekwondo like in the first belt? Two seasons. <laughs> yeah, they make fun of the fact that they put like a little piece of black electrical tape as one of your upgrades to your belt. They couldn't have been doing that in ancient times. What did that? What, did, what is that mimicking? <laughs> uh, We use this special historic material. They say one day it might be used for insulation for wiring, but until then, we've we just invented We don't even know what wiring this. is, though. So. Um, all right. Do you want to know what his most uh, big, what his biggest credit is based on this? Oh, that does seem like a thing that they would have on the QI show in, in uh, Britain, where it'd be like, when was electrical tape invented? And it's like, it turns out it's like 1650. That would be a type of thing where it's like, what is the one where it's like the can was invented a hundred years before the can opener? <laughs> um, okay, the da, 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 da. Vince Vaughn can truly knock you out. <laughs> um, let's see, his sweet personality and disarming charm. I have never found him charming. I think he mm. he he reads so gross to me <laughs> yeah he really reads like one of the people he he wasn't in entourage right because to me he reads like his life was probably what like entourage was making fun yeah. of um when vince vaughn was expecting his first child he went skydiving for the first time which i almost said i didn't say that i feel like that would have counted did he go rocky mountain climbing rocky mountain climbing rickety rockety mountain climbing <laughs> Uh, let's okay. That goes into the next person. So that's it for that one. Didn't actually mention any of his credits. They they assumed he's the biggest star on here. Um, Angelina Jolie. Oh, Adrian, you better get this one right because you got to guess first, and I know the answer. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. Curving bullets. Yep. Um Angelina Jolie. Okay, she's a very skinny, tall white woman, right? I don't know how tall she is. I mean, she is tall in her movies, but I don't know if that's like a how they Apple box situation the, yeah <laughs> how they film it sort of thing um Angelina, okay she's an alias what which is is our cia backed coups an extreme sport mm. she's also famously in tomb raider tomb but raider. also i wouldn't if they have her extreme sport has nothing to do with that 
but I did want to throw you off. I don't like how smug you're being about knowing one for once. Um, <laughs> besides the Jackie Chan one that you knew very clearly. Angelina Jolie. I, I know so little about these really big stars. Um, I'm going to do for her. Yeah, I'll, I'll do uh, like mountaineering or something like that. Like some extreme mountain. Like maybe she's climbed Everest. Mm. Oh, because you're kind of guessing based on why would Paul have heard of this? She must have done something that was... No, if I was going to do that, I'd be like, yeah, she's been on X Hamster before or something like that, or... (laughs) You know I know deep cut websites, I don't go on that normie shit. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, Adrian. Well, why don't you open up your mouth and take that shot, because she flies airplanes. Angelina Jolie flying. I went skydiving. I went airplane Rocky Mountain climbing. I took a lot of shots while doing a podcast and then doing my laundry. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you are three hours before me, so you have the rest of your day ahead of you after this. (laughs) I'm just doing laundry, so I just have to walk over to the part of the apartment that has it. (laughs) Like I'm just ruining your day. Cheers, buddy. All right, well, hopefully the next one isn't one that I've happened to hear about before. Hopefully it's not Tom Cruise. <coughs> um, okay, we only got four more, but there are other articles if you want to keep going. Uh, Orlando Bloom. Has he been Ooh, anything recently? I bet you, on the, that I bet you on the set of Zorro, he got really into fencing. Fencing's not an extreme sport. Well, Phil also said but that I guess earlier it's- as like an extreme sport. But he what, he's puss in boots, puss in boots fences. He's Zorro, Zorro fences. I mean, if martial arts counts as an extreme sport, why would fencing not? Aren't they like very similar in their like training? You get poked at any point, yeah. Oh yeah, I wonder. I should ask. I should ask Izzy about that because like that second column we had about the girl getting scared. I wonder like the first time she got hit really hard and because like I've seen some of these with fences. a saber. Yeah, some of these fencing bruises sabers are more like you slap with them. Um, you slap him? Oh, okay. Yeah. With a rapier? <laughs> it's it's saber, epee, and foil. Uh, well, I know swords from Fire Emblem, so <laughs> I don't know. But uh, Not everybody knows the same things you know, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> the first time, uh, like, I've seen some of her friends who do fencing, and they have, like, really gnarly bruises. Like, I mean, like, continue. Um. Okay, Orlando Bloom, do we have, uh, do we have ideas? Oh, uh, yeah, fencing. I think fencing, I'm going to go. All right, I, I scrolled too far and I saw it, so I can't guess on this one. Um, but it was mountain biking, and I would not have gotten that. He looks very good in his little sheer white outfit. Patrick Dempsey. He's from ER? Yeah, I know Patrick Dempsey. Yeah. I, I know him, like, by name, but I don't know him, know him. Sometimes I wish, like, w- at one point is the internet going to turn over and these things are going to have Gen Z, Gen Millennial, like, celebrities <laughs> and lists instead of, like, these things oh, that Okay, well, uh, is that really going to be helpful for us? Because we already didn't know who Dylan, whoever the Bud Light person Dylan was. Dylan Mulvaney? Okay, yeah, well, that well that should be in, like, 15 years or whatever, but, like, in our time frame, we should be getting, like, Mr. Beast on one of these or something like that, right? Uh, one of the people we grew up with, Spongebob. What's Spongebob doing in his spare time? <laughs> he makes so much money per episode on syndication. I went first last time, so you gotta guess on Patrick Dempsey. You said Grey's Anatomy. He's a handsome bearded fellow. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm going to go racing cars. Car racing. Classic machismo. Oh, you know, if they had on Malcolm from Malcolm in the Middle, I know that's his thing. He's a real handsome sort of guy. What do you get into if you're like a real... Racing kind of sounds right because it does feel like a Bruce Wayne Batman sort of thing. Like, oh yeah, I drive my Ferrari real fast. That's... I bet you... Uh, I'm going to say mountaineering. I think handsome people get into like mountaineering. Scenic views to compete with their beauty? Why would you do that? Yeah, for the great photo ops. Fuck yeah! Patrick Dempsey race car driving! <laughs> <laughs> and he's supported by Michelin and Martini. I didn't know there was a brand called Martini. When your father works for Michelin, but he doesn't even tell you about how he's met Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. At 55 years old, Grey's Anatomy's alumni, Patrick Dempsey, seems to have aged like foin wine. While he may not play good old McDreamy anymore... Uh, he's since built up an impressive array of different skills and interests. Funnily enough, race car driving is not a new interest. That's right. Patrick Dempsey's interest in the participation of, in the participation of race car driving has actually been going on for 31 years. Uh, the man is a legit professional racer. Is he an F1 or like a, or like a rally car sort of guy? The, the car does not look like an F1 car. It looks like a, well, actually I can't tell. All right. The last one in this article is Hugh Jackman. Ooh, Hugh Jackman. Oh, wait, you gotta go first this time. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. Huge Jackman. Huge Ackman. Um, uh, Hugh Jackman, um, he's Australian, so I want to say something coastal, because all the seas are coastal. He famously is the Huge Jacked Man. You know what? I'm going to say opposite to his Australian roots he's gonna be really into like skiing he's one of those rich people oh okay you see i think you're trying to go a little bit smart here and i'm just gonna go straight up he's uh he's a he's a wallaby dirt biker dirt biker okay i've done this one before i forgot to mention it i didn't enjoy it that much to be honest hugh jackman zip lining oh Dang. Not, he loves going for such a like to tough guy, not the most extreme of extreme sports. Yeah, earlier you mentioned jet skiing, and if that counts as an extreme sport, I've been jet skiing. I've never driven one. I've always I've always ridden on the back of someone else. Oh, I've I've driven a jet ski. I've had one all Have to you? myself, oh, baby. Okay. Oh, okay. Someone's doing good. What are you like doing a hitch situation? God damn. <laughs> okay, I got one more article, but I think it's largely redundant. I'm gonna see if anything else is new. Um, it's, n- they have 15 people, but I can't read this article without also knowing, let me zoom in really far, hold on. Is there a way I can read this article without also knowing what they're doing? Okay. Also, if we get one more wrong, we both have to take a shot because it'll be our third one in a row we got wrong. Alright. Paul, we've talked about him before. We love him. We know him. Rowan Atkinson, Mr. Freehole. <laughs> Mr. Freehole. Uh do you think it's one of those things where it's like sometimes like tough guy or like bimbo actresses or tough guy actors will like want to be in Mensa to prove like there's actually more going on here than you'd think? Would, do you think he does? You think like, he's doing the opposite? Yeah, like he's a bullfighter mm. to prove that he's actually the toughest guy that could exist. I could see him doing extreme ironing. <laughs> okay, I'm going with bullfighting. I'm doing extreme For Mr. ironing. Fejole. Rowan Sebastian Atkinson. I.e. Mr. Bean. He's another race car driver. Uh, I think that's as good a way to end it as any. Ah, lovely. All right. 
Who would have thought Mr. Bean was just on the raceway? We're also pretty far into this episode. I don't know how long my half took, but we won't make your half. Yeah, you're right. I think I'm into like an hour ten, so enough to edit. It's been a while since I've gotten inappropriately drunk while doing this podcast. It's been fun, buddy. Ain't that the way it goes, baby? Mm. I like how clearly I could hear your your gulp. All right, the other ones in the list were Katy Perry. Um, oh yeah, what Jack did she Osborne? do again? I've already forgotten. We could do this quiz all over again right now. <laughs> Katy Perry bungee jumped. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jack Osborne apparently rock climbs. Natalie Imbruglia mountain climbs. I don't know who that is. Matthew McConaughey, Kate Bosworth, Jackie Chan. Wait, really? Jackie Chan's on multiple Wait, lists. Is it the same thing on this list? Yeah, it's martial arts. Get the fuck out of here. Also, this one is numbered, so apparently the most surprising one is supposed to be Hugh Jackman ziplining. <laughs> um, Alright, well that's it, yeah, that's the list. Uh, Paul and Adrian, big fact, no cap, get out of here. Yeah. My big fact, Adrian, is that when it comes to extreme sports, the most extreme thing you can do is compassion for your family and friends. Actually, I was going to go with that same joke. I was going to be like, the most extreme thing you can do is love people across the aisle. You know what I mean? In today's political climate. That's true. That, yeah. That's an extreme sport, is politics. And the extremest sport of all, being able to reach across the aisle and find a compromise. <laughs> Only half of people get their student debt relief. Is that your no cap? That's my no cap. <laughs> shout out to, uh, shout out to pod favorite, uh, Shout out to pod favorite, oh god, I forgot his name, uh, Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. Shout out to pod favorite, Hassan Minaj, who for some reason thinks that student loan forgiveness is a bipartisan issue. Because everybody goes to college, you fucking moron. Of course Republicans hate people. Like, of course they want rich people to get to go to college and not poor people. Do you not understand what Republicans are? Why do you think that's a bipartisan issue? You are- baby brained i am not going to end this episode with slander of a fellow poc um so i'm gonna say uh hello my darling hello my baby hello my ragtime gal <laughs> all right let's get out of here i went sky diving. Diving. i went rocking climbing all right that's it for me i'm out peace